Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us here at the Mark Order Podcast. It's Saturday. Morning, afternoon, right on the cusp of it. You know what that means. AW Revolution Prediction Show coming at you from the Mark Order Podcast. Ryan's got a big reveal that I'm told is colossally bad, but we're going to wait. We're going to wait and see how it happened. But before we do that, Joe, how are you today? Doing well. Um, we're, it's Revolution Eve. So. Happy Revolution Eve. As to you. One more sleep until we get to see Takeshita versus Will Ospreay. Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. Sting's retirement match. Ryan, how you, how you doing over there, Ryan? I'm just waiting for the music to die down for the big reveal. Mm-hmm. Waiting for it to die down. Well, while we are waiting I for it to an die ant. I just, down. I pulled a me. I just hard stopped it because I don't want to wait too long. Oh. Ryan, there was a challenge that was thrown your way. There was. And it was basically, if you're not a real fan, if, or if you are a real fan, you'll paint your face. And uh, you'll paint your face to look like Sting. You are a Sting guy. He was like the dude, one of the dudes that got you into wrestling all those years ago. We have this wonderful comeback run. We have his retirement match, which has been built to, I think, overall, like pretty beautifully. Um, and the only way to pay tribute to such a wonderful and classy send off is to, to do the face paint yourself. Right. So how how do we do? All right, I, I'm gonna. Have, you're gonna have to see it for me to tell you how terribly this went. So, okay, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not nearly as bad as I thought it was gonna be. You look like a juggalo. You do look kind of like a juggalo. Ryan's a juggalo. You kind of look like my dog. Like Daphne's got like the the eyes all blacked out. So here's where the problems began. Mm-hmm. I had great advice on how to do this. Elise, uh, who who texted me before before shots. By the way, I'm gonna need you to to uh, if uh, when I was doing the intro, I saw that one LT was in the chat. If he has any questions, please read them to me because I can't see. Issue number one: can't see a damn thing. Sure. Um. So I was up against the mirror figure out how to do this <laughs> no. the white went on fine no issues with mm-hmm. the white mm-hmm. there were i used a like a crown like a like it was almost like a crayon uh makeup thing and it, sure. was, it was working great I got, I got it real dark but as you press on it it presses in right you get less and less of it i had a perfectly sized thing to push out as you're supposed to do i, I looked it up like you're supposed to push it out i didn't even put that much pressure and the whole thing just cracked yeah, that happened to me when I was trying to do my Darby Allen one, actually. Very similar story. But I only did half my face, and I had a bunch of other girl makeup to fix it, which is not an advantage that you have. No. So these lines and, and this line and this line were all when I was trying, when the thing had cracked. So I didn't have the ability to make them dark. I didn't really sure. have a pencil that I could cover. So that's, or make them fine. Like they ended up these thick messes because that's... I didn't have. The that's the bit of it needed is that they just get too flat but you made it sound like it was so much worse than it is this is not as bad I'm not gonna I lie mean, this is pretty bad it's more just freaking me out seeing you with black lipstick it kind of feels like you're a goth kid for south park it's a little bit weird because did you also get a haircut you also got a haircut i got a haircut like two weeks ago okay maybe it's probably just the it, it all no hat. Together. I have no this green screen because I forgot no to put hat. it up. I was too involved in the makeup. No hat. Let's I, take I a second and and give give Elise some love because this is who tutored you. And I feel like, um, you know, if you see who tutored you, like look how great this looks. 
So something something got lost in the execution here. Okay, this is this is an unbelievable job by by who tutored you um, of the Julia Hart interpretation. And I just I feel like I just want to make it abundantly clear the guidance was not the issue because this this what we're looking at right now rules. But are you putting um, something up on the screen? I didn't see anything. Did not show. No. Oh, Put it up again. Curses. I'll try it. Again. I mean, I can't see anyway, but I can tell the order, and I knew that we didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> okay can you see it now hold on no hold on there it is yep i got it hey okay so this is this is elise doing her interpretation of mel coleman's artwork for the julia hart t-shirt i just wanted to make it clear like the guidance was very good here like yes. look at that guidance yeah. is perfect but I, I'll, I'll be honest like when I did my i did barbie allen for halloween i was half darby allen half tiffany stratton and when I did the Darby Allen side, I ran into the same thing you did where it, just, it was like way too thick. Like it, it took me so much regular girl makeup to go back in and like tweak it because I had mm -hmm. liquid eyeliner. I had regular eyeliner, pencil stuff. Like I had every tool that was available uh, to me. But if I had just gone with the straight face paint, I would have been in way worse shape than even you did. I applaud the effort. And well, the important the, the thing crayon, is that the crayon would have worked had it not flattened and then not allowed yeah. me to push back out. Yeah. When I went, like I said, when I went to push back out, it cracked. And so I just had crayon all over my hands. So then the useful thing was that she had told me to get makeup removal wipes. They came super in handy because yeah, I that, no, makeup the best. all over my hands. So I can't There's see. a part of me that uh, wished that we no sold this entire thing that you just showed up and we didn't even acknowledge it. I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Ryan and all of his sting glory and Joe looking like a normal fella. Uh, let's get into this AEW Revolution card. This is, of course, taking place in Greensboro at the Greensboro Coliseum. Uh, if you're looking for the details of it, just so you know, the pre-show starts at 7 p.m. Eastern. The runtime of the pay-per-view proper starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, available on Bleacher Report Live. And also not in movie theaters, which is a bummer this time around, but there are... I think a couple of Dave and Buster's and restaurants you can watch it at. So if you're looking to watch pay-per-view but don't want to shell out the money for it and looking for a different experience, want to go watch with your friends, um, Ryan and I actually watched, which was it Double or Nothing? I can't remember what when we watched. Hanger we, one. Whenever did yeah, when Hangman beat Omega, um, that whole card was amazing. That had Darby and MJF. That had, I think that was Punk Eddie Kingston. Um, and the movie theater experience was really, really fun. I'd imagine if you're going out to eat, that's a really fun experience too, because it's it's kind of the next best thing to being there. You have an incredible visual, but people are like popping alongside you, which is super, super fun. So let's get into our card. Hold on, hold on. I, I went really close so I could see some things. Uh, one LT can't. You're lucky you have help. Really could have used physical help here. Uh, <laughs> and shining wizards. I'm, a, I'm gonna. This is my this sting. Is this is, yeah, this is Sting. Uh, if it is, Matt, we do understand that Ryan looks a little more juggalo, which honestly, of all people, you should appreciate. Um, but I, uh, I I, applaud the attempt. I think it was great. Um, and I, I applaud your just general commitment to bits as we continue down the show. But let's dive oh. in here. Um, Joe, let's get your thoughts kind of overall on this card. I feel like the build to this card has been really evenly paced uh, outside of them announcing Sting's retirement match so early, which was done for very obvious reasons. But these stories have felt like an appropriate pacing going into the pay-per-view. There's a lot of stakes on this card. Um, there's It just, to me, feels like the best build that we've had to an AEW pay-per-view in a while because of that, because of the pacing, because all the stories make sense, because everything feels important. Uh, what are your thoughts? Are you as excited for this as I am? I am. I think the card as in the whole is really balanced. Um, there's a lot of matches on here that could be the main event if it wasn't for Sting's retirement. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know um, which will be the, the show stealer. I, I mean, I think it's probably going to be Osprey and Sneshka, but Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think the the in-ring show stealers probably going to be Osprey and Takeshita. I'm, of course, looking forward to Eddie and Danielson as well. But Sting, how are you feeling about your final match uh, in AEW, final match Woo! of your career? 
You descended from the rafters, which was a really incredible moment on Wednesday. I'll put over uh, our friends at Fight Club who reported that. And I think it was a really cool move of Tony Khan, honestly, to have cleared that with the Hart family to to do the rafter spot because of the sensitivities, of course, to Owen. Um, It's been a really, really wonderful send off. And sincerely, Ryan, because you are a Sting guy, I want your thoughts overall on this card. But like, I, I know Sting is one of your dudes. So seeing this AEW run, um, going into this retirement match and this whole retirement angle, some of the promos I feel like were, were really special that we got from Sting, talking about not feeling so invincible anymore, all the callbacks to all the different sets that Sting has been on. Um, what are your thoughts as a Sting guy overall on the pay-per-view, but kind of leading into this moment? So two things. One, I just realized helps hurt. I must look when I make faces, so I'm just going to randomly start making faces. Two, oh, save that for the Tony um, Storm bit. <laughs> yeah, and bringing it back for Sting. Uh, I don't know what makes you think I'm a Sting guy. I've, I've never shown any loyalty to the man. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never, never done anything for him. Um, <laughs> Sting is the man. I, again, he is. He was my first. He was the first, and then it was Shawn Michaels. Because um, I believe Starcade '95. Yeah, Starcade '95 is before Royal Rumble '96. Duh. So. Starcade '95. It was it was the the Wrestling World Cup, Japan, New Japan versus WCW, and Sting was the hero of that. So that's where I like fell in with him. All I was, you know, what was I eight? At eight years old, all I just wanted was a was a guy to cheer for. Sure. And I had he was the hero, and of course, then you watch. He luckily, as soon as I start, he goes into the, maybe one of the most incredible runs ever, where he doesn't wrestle for a year. And still is somehow the most over baby face in almost all of wrestling. Um, I'd argue Sting Pops were, were as good as Stone Cold Pops for that brief period. Stone Cold's lasted longer because he they didn't screw up his ending. But when Sting would descend from the rafters, the place would go nuts. Uh, and he was one of those guys that even when I wasn't watching wrestling, if I saw him on, so it'd be like TNA. If I saw him on TNA, I would stop and watch just to see what Sting was doing. He was my, my my boy, Blue. Never thought I'd see him wrestle in person because I didn't get to see him when I was a kid. Then I got to see him wrestle in person a bunch of times when he was legitimately doing things, like not just being old man wrestling, but like diving off things and having matches. And so I'm, I was, I loved this run. Very excited. I mean, I'm sad to see his last match, but I'm very excited to see his last match. Couldn't have gone out in a better way. I'm glad that his last stuff wasn't in WWE where they butchered that story and butchered everything for him. Oh, we have to prove that we are better than WCW one more time. Buddy, you couldn't have just let it go. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for that. And this is probably their best pay-per-view build in years. I think every match has been built out with weeks of, of build instead of just like last minute stuff. So I'm, uh, the whole thing just seems great, which is another great send off for Sting. You're, you're not putting him on a, on a subpar pay-per-view being like, here's your way out. They built, he's the main event of an amazing pay-per-view. I'm intrigued to see what they do with that main event, because it does feel like if sting closes the show, they probably retain the titles, which we'll get into and, and talk about in the predictions here in a second, but they probably retain it so that you have that moment. If he loses, does that go on as a co-main event? Does that go on a different place in the card? I feel like you want the show to close with that, but I'm I'm so intrigued because we also have this incredible triple threat on the show for the world title. So a lot to dig into here. Thank you guys in the chat. Uh, <laughs> now I'm positive. It's it's Matt saying, I wish that they would have dropped Ric Flair from the rafters, buddy. I hear you. Um, and SJ putting over your makeup saying, I love the makeup, Ryan. It's a fantastic tribute to Sting. So there you go. Thanks, SJ. some love over there. You look like Sting post-match a little bit like it's it's on the no, other side match. this is the beginning of the match like like i've just started wrestling so i'm starting to sweat so you're starting to sweat. yeah okay so we're like two is minutes it, in maybe you just jumped not, off of something it doesn't have to look pretty it has to look like sting that's what we're looking for you you do realize at some point in this once we get through a few matches i'm taking a makeup remover and i'm removing some of it to be sting no. during the match oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah as long as it's for the bit that's that's oh, all I- for the bit it's completely for a bit <laughs> i just want to hear ryan say it I wish you want to hear Ryan say, I like turtles. <laughs> Wait, say it again so we can get it as a clip. I like turtles. 
there you go. So you needed it without me cackling in the background. But let's dive in to our prediction show Ring. here. Because of that, I'm going to go ahead and start with Joe, because I think you're just going to be marking out about staying the whole time. But we got Julia Hart in Sky Blue versus Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale. Uh, this is going to be on the pre-show. I'm excited for this match. We've seen so much growth in the women's division, uh, including title-adjacent pictures or ones that involve the title but are um, not direct one-on-one -on -one matches. I think they did a good job navigating Julia Hart's injury here, building up this program alongside until she could be cleared to wrestle. Um, I think this one could kind of go either way. I feel like it's going to go to Julia Hart and Sky Blue, which I like because I like your champion winning, even though it's a tag match. And I do think we're going to build out maybe some more tension between Chris Statlander and Willow. Stokely's had his dirty little fingers all over this, right? So feels like somebody might be leaning a little bit more heel or that dissension might cost them. So I'm going to go with the heels on this one. Sky Blue progressed a ton in the past year as well. She's looked really, really good of late. Um, very excited for her growth, and uh, she got that huge win against Chris Statlander the other day. Tons of possibilities here, but Joe, what do you think about this tag match on the pre-show? So initially, I was going to lean towards Julia and Sky, but I think I talked myself out of it. I think I'm going to go with Willow and Stat. I think they, I think Stat will get the pin back that she lost to Sky. And I think that she'll do it with maybe some questionable methods. Maybe she leans into, you know, she didn't take the chain the first time. Maybe she she takes it this time. So okay, I'm going faces. I'm not mad about that. I'm not mad about that at all. I think there's a, a few possibilities. And that is something I liked on the card, too, is I don't know if there's as many super predictable matches. It feels like there's some possibilities that could go in multiple directions on this. But Sting Ryan... Surfer Ryan, Crow Ryan, whoever you want to be at this moment. Uh, what do you think of our women's tag match on the pre-show here? Any thoughts? I just realized that if my face paint was yellow, I kind of would look like Stardust. But um, <laughs> so I think Joe started talking himself into Jewel, uh, Willow and Stat because I started talking Joe into it. Let's give me credit here, Joe, because I think Willow gets the pin and Stat's unhappy about it. I think that's kind of the direction I'm leaning is that the heels win and that pisses Chris off uh, and Stokely. So, oh, I, I went, it, no, I have the faces winning, but Willow pinning. Got it. And Stat feeling and like Willow's jealous, outshining her. Gotcha. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Um, I think that the cool part about this is, regardless of who wins, like I think we're all on the same page that the story is going to develop further. That we're we're leaning into something that might feel like a a problem for Julia Hart and the single side. So not mad about that, but we will move on to our international championship match between orange Cassidy and Roderick strong. This orange Cassidy run has not been as fun as this first run was. I know it got truncated by two injuries, right? You had what happened to Moxley. Then you had what happened to Ray Phoenix and they kind of did the safe thing to put this back on orange Cassidy. Liked the more recent stories with Rocky Romero and Trent's, um, I think we're also leading toward probably a Trent heel turn at some point in this, but I think Roderick Strong takes the title. Good for him. He's a badass in the ring. I'm glad we've gotten away from some of the goofy stuff. Orange Cassidy continues to be incredibly valuable and in that title or not, he's extremely over. I feel like that got taken advantage a little bit that they didn't even bother to try and tell stories there for a decent chunk of this run, but Roddy Strong adding some legitimacy to the devil stable here, I think is a good way to go. Going to throw it to Ryan first. What are your thoughts here? So I'm agreeing with you that I think the run wasn't good until they got to Roddy Strong. I've loved the story since then because the story of Roddy's taking out all of his friends and then they were starting to repeat the orange is getting worn down thing, except this time it's intentional. Roddy is intentionally wearing down Orange Cassidy with his friends in the after battle after match battle. So, you know, that I have Roddy winning. I think it'd be a waste to not have him win. Um He's really good. I think he could use it more. And then Orange Cassidy has a couple of fallout stories. What's going on with Trent? Um, where's Dan Housen been? Um, I basically can be anybody with face paint at this point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I have I have Roddy Strong winning. Joe, 
are you in agreement here? Do you think this is Roddy Strong's time? Or are you thinking that Orange Cassidy drops it to someone else further down the line? Again, it's a clean sweep. Um, I'll go with Roddy. And kind of for the same reasons that Ryan just pointed out with the equity that Orange had built with being an international champion for so long, uh, multiple reigns, Shows that obviously he doesn't need the belt going forward anymore. People know what he can do. Uh, and I think with the the stories coming out after this uh, match with Ryan, I think uh, sets up pretty well for him going forward, whether it be with Trent or whomever else. Yeah, I think there's some best friends dissension brewing here, which honestly is kind of overdue because they haven't been around, but they've sort of been around and other friends have been in and out. So I would like some clarity around who are friends and who are. Well, so what I really friends. would like is Orange Cassie to sit there and go, you guys are my best friends. If it can't then we'll always be together just full of a kind laughing I all day. I don't think Orange time. Cassidy is going to be making any Eric Cartman references, but I do think that Eric Cartman would be a fan of the meat match, but we aren't getting the meat match, which is a shame. Miro and Keith Lee unavailable for this. I am of the camp that it should be a 64-man tournament. Do it like March Madness. Make it meet Madness. Make it happen. But instead, we're getting this all-star scramble match for the AEW title shot. Jericho has shoehorned his way onto this card once again. Jericho and Wardlow. Powerhouse Hobbs, Lance Archer, Hook, Brian Cage, Dante Martin, and... uh, my rundown says TBA. I think that got settled on Rampage last night. So my apologies if that did, and I don't have it included here. But I don't think the winner of that match was going to get the title shot anyway. So we can rock and roll with this. Uh, I'm going to throw this one to Joe first. What are your thoughts on who is winning? Again, that's Jericho, Wardlow, Hobbs, Archer, Hook, Brian Cage, or Dante Martin. You don't think Matt Seidel is going to win? I don't think Matt Seidel is going to win. Is that who who pulled this one out? Okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, he won last night. So, um, I th- I think this is probably one of the more predictable matches on the card. I I think it's Wardlow. Uh, you know, you, you keep him hot. He talked about wanting to go after the championship. I think the winner of this gets a championship match, right? Is that the stipulation? Yeah, so, it's a title shot. Yep. Yeah, so I think it makes sense for Wardlow to win. Um, I do like the fact that, you know, yeah, they had a pivot to this scramble format, but at least, you know, a lot of the people um, are intertwined with each other or have been leading up to this. Agreed. And I think there's also an interesting possibility of Brian Cage because it's for a title shot. Now, if Swerve comes out champion after this pay-per-view, Brian Cage being in the Mogul Embassy creates an interesting wrinkle there. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to go to you next. What are your thoughts? So I'm going Wardlow because like Joe said, I think he, if you're trying to build him up, like they've been trying to do, he needs to win to maintain momentum. However, I'm going to say your Brian cage idea is genius. I love that idea. Uh, And I'll give credit where credit is due. And I really appreciate that idea. So I, I think Wardlow, but I would, I would be very happy with Brian cage. Of course, we all know it's actually going to be Jericho. Right. Uh, It's going to come down to Jericho and Matt Seidel, I think so. I think that's probably the, <laughs> the way to go here. Man, I've been going back and forth with whether Swerve or Joe is going to come out champion. And I love that. I like that. I don't really know. Um, I am. I'm going to go with Wardlow here. I think he needs the win. I think he was going to win Meet Madness. So you keep that booking consistent anyway. I will say Powerhouse Hobbs would be a nice upset win here because the Callis family is feels like it's dying a slow, painful death. Like it, it does not feel like this angle has moved anywhere in months and months and months. Like mixed reviews on Don Callis, but the booking has been terrible, whether you like Don Callis or not. Does not feel like this has accelerated. Now Osprey is here, so things might pick up and change, might lead to something getting splintered there. But Hobbs. Feeling like a real deal would be refreshing. I am going to go Wardlow here. I'm going to um, commit to that. And I think what happens in this all-star scramble might be telling for what happens in the title picture either way. But we move on to FTR versus the Blackpool Combat Club, which is a match that I think is getting kind of swept away a little bit because this card is so stacked, but I think is going to be an absolute blast. I've enjoyed the build to this a lot. Like, no surprise there. We got... FTR and Eddie Kingston on the same side of things. That's like a dream trio for me. 
But this has been really fun. With the rankings back, I would like to see whoever wins this. Um, the implications maybe leading to something for a title shot here. We need some prestige back in the title picture, whether that's Sting and Darby winning and vacating to set up a tournament or the Young Bucks winning to set something up here. I think it'd be a really refreshing thing, but we'll we'll throw it to Ryan first on this one. Uh, FTR versus the Blackpool Combat Club, who you got? Uh, FTR, I think. I don't think the Blackpool Combat Club is long for tag team runs, and so therefore I will go with the team that should have a long run. I think story-wise it also makes more sense. Uh, they're kind of in a holding pattern, so I think winning is more beneficial to them. So yeah, I, I'm going with the FTR. I like it. I'll jump in here and say that that's my pick too on this. I think I'm going to say, and it's it's becoming a loftier prediction because I think people are going to want to see uh, Sting and Darby retain and vacate. Maybe it's me voting with my heart because I absolutely hate vacating titles, but I also think that the faces should win here. You could set up FTR versus the Young Bucks 3 out of this um, with FTR picking up some wins. And I also feel like we got to get this all the multi-man picture titles need to be back on track. The trios have been lost. The um, tag team titles have been lost in the in the mix. What do you do? You got to throw them back towards FTR. Make them feel like the most important tag team in wrestling. You got the Young Bucks right there. Not mad about that. Joe, where, where are you on this? Do you think that the Blackpool Combat Club could sneak a win here? Or do you think this is going towards FTR too? I'm going FTR. I um the, the world is a better place when FTR is in title contention. And I think a win over the BCC will put them back in that conversation again um, after this pay-per-view. And plus, I like the idea of, you know, the established tag teams winning over, you know, a tag team of two individually solid you know, wrestlers. So, and plus, I know BCC had a lot of stuff going on with like CMLL and other things like that. So, um, it just does more for FCR going forward. Agreed with you on that, especially we have Moxley challenging Naito as well at Windy City Riot for the IWGP championship. Uh, you mentioned all the CMLL work. They seem to have a lot going on, and I think it's going to be a rough night for the Blackpool Combat Club because I think in this match too, I think Danielson is going to take the loss to Eddie Kingston, save the clams, save Eddie's title reign, I'll tell you what, I would not hate Brian Danielson winning. I would hate Eddie Kingston losing, but Brian Danielson being a triple crown champion is something that could be very, very fun considering the promotions that are involved here. Either way, I still think Eddie Kingston wins. If you do the wrestling math from what we saw on Dynamite, I think that's also an indicator here. Danielson really doesn't seem to have any interest in holding a title. I'm interested to see if Tony Khan has thoughts about that based on how he felt about the tag team titles before Danielson's run is up. But I'm going with Eddie Kingston, Patna. I'm really excited about this match. Big surprise there. But we'll ping pong it back to Joe. You think uh, it's a tough night for the Blackpool Combat Club all around? Well, first of all, I'm shocked that you did, you, you picked Eddie to win. I know. Who would have mm. thought? Josh. Um, to be a contrarian, I'll, I'll go Danielson, even though I know the whole, like, him having a title really doesn't mean much, but um, I think it's, I feel like it's more interesting for him to not have to, you know, give in and shake Eddie's hand. I know Quayo, you know, eventually shook Eddie's hand as for as respect after the C2, but um, I just like Danielson just being that prick. Yeah, I love this heel Danielson run, which is insane because he's so great as a face. Uh, but that's the beauty of the Blackpool Combat Club, right? You can kind of flip them whatever way you want. It's part of what makes them so invaluable. But settle it for us, Ryan. You think Brian Danielson's going over or Eddie Kingston on this one? I had, if it were for just one belt or just for the Continental, I would have Danielson winning. But being for all three, I have Eddie. I think as much as I think Danielson would have fun being the ROH champion and just going down there and doing like an actual run, unlike what's been happening. Uh, I still think that's too many belts for a guy who wants no belts. Well, let's be abundantly clear about something. The other two belts that have been wrapped up in this picture have not been thought of at all in this triple crown championship. It has not mattered in the new Japan picture. It has definitely not mattered in the ROH picture. Despite Eddie Kingston working Saturdays, we have nine weeks in a row without our champion around, which is wildly frustrating. But I do agree with you. If Danielson's going to help, hold the belts 
he's going to want to do stuff with all three belts. And that could also be incredibly interesting. Like Brian Danielson coming back to ROH, walking into Supercard of Honor with a title, I think is something that could be really incredible. Him working the strong brand would be insane. Um, but I, I think with Danielson's last year, they're going to be a little bit more precious about those reps under the AEW umbrella. So I'm with you there. I would not be mad. I would, I would be mad you might because be a little I'm an mad. Eddie Kingston. Yeah, mark. you're gonna be a little I, mad. I think Eddie Kingston losing is going to send him on a heel run like we have not seen in AEW yet. I, I really do. I think he's gonna absolutely lose it. Um, and I, as much as I'm loving Eddie Kingston being on top, I don't think this needs to be a super long reign. My preference would be he loses to Ricky Starks, but we will see. Now, what I think is going to be the in-ring stealer of the night is Will Ospreay and Kanosuke Takeshita. I do think this is one of the more predictable ones. I don't even care, though. I think Will Ospreay takes the cake here, but uh, I think we're going to see something that is like a sight to see. I hope we keep Will Ospreay away from the Don Callis family as much as possible. Whether that's uh, Ryan's favorite in the United Empire doing the hand signals, uh, whether that them equates to them being like a, a branching off stable from the Callis family or Will Ospreay breaks out on his own. That's actually my preference. Uh, I don't know what the timeline for Mark Davis is, but um, none of that really matters here. This is Will Ospreay's debut under the AEM, AEW umbrella as signed. Obviously, we've seen him before, but uh, I'm, I'm going Ospreay here, Ryan. This feels like a little bit more predictable, but do you think this is going to be the in-ring show stealer of the night as well? So let me get this straight. You predict that the in-ring show stealer of the night will feature the, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Way to go out yes. on a limb there, Kate. Way to go out against, on a limb there. Against probably one of the best rising stars in AEW. I know I know that's yeah. a shocker, but the best wrestler in the world versus... Uh... <laughs> I, the, the limb there you're on is thin. I, I'm, I know. I'm, thin ice I'm yeah, on. It's Osprey in an amazing match that we want to see again. Yeah, I'm. I would favorite. not be mad about like a trilogy of matches, but we will see what comes out of it. I'm sure there are significant plans for Will Osprey. They've had months to plan, right? We've known he was coming here for a while. So, uh, Joe, what do you think? I mean, big surprise, Osprey, right? So, I mean, yeah, you can't. His first big match under the AEW banner. You know, you want him to go out there and just show out and just have this banner room match with Takeshka. Um, kind of like you just alluded to. I think you could really have this be a a trilogy of matches similar to him and, and Kenny, but with him being kind of the the veteran in this in this situation. Sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. Another match that people I think are more excited about for storyline reasons than in-ring reasons, but man, hard not to be excited to get to see Daniel Garcia wrestle and Christian Cage on a legendary heel run here. Uh, I'm ready for Christian Cage to drop. But what I like about this one is it can go either way. Um, I really feel like the story has been set up that Adam Copeland can be kind of a defining piece in this without necessarily being in the match. He could join Adam Cope or he could join Christian. Very distracted by Ryan's makeup. I'm not going to lie. He could Me join too. Christian. They could go on a heel run. I think while the Hardys are still around, you want to take advantage of that and probably visit a TLC match with the Young Bucks, maybe FDR. Um, but Daniel Garcia, white hot going into this as well, right? You could have Adam Copeland staying on the face side here. Danny Garcia getting the shot, capitalizing while the iron is hot. Daniel Garcia also to contract year probably wouldn't be a bad idea to make him happy. But this was another one that I'm excited about because I feel like there's a lot of unpredictability on this card. It could go either way. Joe, who do you think is walking out your TNT champion? It was tough. Um, there's lots of different scenarios I played out in my head trying to figure out who would win this. And I, I guess I'm going to go with Cage. Um, sure. I know it feels like Garcia needs that title win here pretty soon. But I, the one thing that I couldn't get out of my head would be, you know, Adam Copeland coming to kind of interfere, whether it's, you know, interfering you know, on Garcia turning a little or it's when you know costing him the costing garcia to match that way um i just i think that's the variable that's fair i don't think anybody saw this christian run coming i think we all knew we loved the heel turn but i think him being your tnt title holder was not something that people were 
necessarily expecting or for it to be this fun or successful. This whole stable is is a bunch of fun. Mother Wayne being a part of this has popped me to no end. But Ryan, I'm going to throw it to you next. Again, this one feels like go either way. What are your thoughts on this? I have... Uh, hmm. This is tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Garcia just to to spice that up. Right. Um, I, I it could go either way. I think there's a fun story of Garcia winning and Edge getting or I'm Copeland getting mad that Garcia's the champ, and that's the turn. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Or yeah. the patriarchy turning on Christian, leading to Copeland saving Christian. There's a story there too. And also, there I always is. wanted to do this. Well, there you go. To our friends listening in audio form, I would recommend looking at this one visually because Ryan's uh, makeup is is slowly disappearing more and more as the stream goes on. Ryan but is like, this thing in a match. like the makeup is disappearing, so too is this title reign vanishing from Christian Cage. I think Daniel Garcia walks out as champion, but I do think that Adam Copeland turns heel in this angle. I don't know if it's tonight, but I think sooner rather than later, you want Copeland and Christian Cage on the same side of things. I feel like Tony Khan has heard the criticism that he doesn't strike while the iron is hot. I think the iron is very hot for Daniel Garcia now. I feel like this is an underdog pick. I think most people are thinking like Joe that Christian walks out of here uh, as your champion, but not mad about it either way, to be honest. This Christian Cage run has been phenomenal. If it continues a little bit longer, I'm not mad, but Danny Garcia Walking out of as your TNT champion would be really fun. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities for title changes today. And I like that not only does it feel unpredictable, but you could walk out with like a whole new slate of champions or everybody could stay the same. And I think you'd still have a successful pay-per-view. That's the mark of a good build, in my opinion. So we move on to our AEW Women's World Championship. Now, what a story we've had with Tony Storm and Deanna Perazzo here. I have absolutely loved the build into this. The black and white and the color shots have made this so much more interesting. Tony Storm gradually being pulled back to sanity by Deanna, basically just through pro wrestling, is such a fun aspect of this. Mariah May, can't say it enough, has been excellent in her role. I think Tony retains here, but she starts to come back to the side of normalcy a little bit more. Um, I would not be mad about a Deanna win, and I wouldn't be too shocked about a Deanna win either. Like, you don't want to ring out this Tony Storm stuff too much because then it starts to become one note. And I think Deanna as a world champion is something that will happen and can be very special. I just feel like you know who's coming in. It's almost big boss time. I feel like you're probably setting up Mercedes for that, but would not be mad. Would not be mad about a Deanna win. I'm just I'm going with Tony Storm on that one. Ryan, who do you think is walking out your AEW Women's World Champion tonight? I have Deanna winning. I think Tony, okay. like you said, you don't want to run it down. I also think with having you know who coming in, a good way to make sure that people still take Deanna seriously and that she doesn't get thrown to the the wayside is to give her this win because Tony's established she'll she'll survive any loss. She'll make something of a loss. Um, but Deanna with the belt, people can't be like, oh, she's just a throwaway at this point. She's she's legit here. She really does feel like a game changer as far as upping the work rate of this AEW women's division. And it was already trending in such a healthy direction anyway, but you've just seen what she's done and the technical prowess that she brings to the division um, and how quickly that has helped people look great, like go from good to great. Um, Red Velvet being a match that sticks out in my mind in particular that did that really, really, really great stuff. But Joe, what do you think here? I'm going with the virtuosa. Going okay. A, I like the um I obviously you know how personal it is between the two of them with their history. I I don't think you know maybe Deanna doesn't win or have this match if they, if there is that tie-in with with Tony that story to tell. Um, and I think Tony care will be pretty interesting to see the downfall of of timeless Tony when when she doesn't have the belt and she has another identity crisis and maybe this is the time when mariah may sees that weakness as the understudy and try to you know undercut tony to go after the tile herself sure i wouldn't be shocked and i would not be disappointed about any of that i'm i think the tony storm downfall the downfall probably back into normalcy is going to be excellent when we get there 
Uh, Deanna is a world-class wrestler and definitely a championship caliber wrestler. The story has been wonderful so far. And I, I think you guys are right about the timing. And I think she drops sooner than later. I just don't know if it's tonight. But I, I would love it either way. I like that in this card. I feel like there's been so many times of AEW pay-per-views of recent that um, we have all been on the same page about every match or close to. This one, we're, we're split up all over the place, and that makes me really happy. Like I, I like that there are justifiable creative reasons to pick one side or the other in this. It's really refreshing. Well, we're down to our final two matches here, and I think depending on what you get from either one of them, either one of them could main event. I think it's a really interesting call to choose what goes on when, but I'm going to assume that Sting's moment is what we end the pay-per-view on and say that your AEW World Championship triple threat between Samoa Joe, Hangman Adam Page, who psyched us out on Wednesday, and Swerve Strickland is here. Um, man... I was feeling like it was Swerve's time, and now I don't know. Now I don't know. Um, I've been loving the interplay with Swerve and Paige. I think we are in the midst of a heel and a face turn, but there's these shades of gray that I'm in love with from a storytelling perspective. Samoa Joe's just been so damn good. He's been so damn good here. Um, and I feel like sometimes the beauty of a triple threat is to have your champion retain and do really productive things for the other two guys in the match. However, it does feel to me like it's Swerve's time. I think you want him to have a long and healthy reign, and I think you want to set up that moment between Will Ospreay and Swerve Strickland at all in um, with a, a healthy reign behind Swerve there. So I'm going to say Swerve, but I think I'm voting with my heart more than my head on this. I think they want Joe to have a longer reign because it's been – very, very successful, but this is another one. I don't I don't see Adam Page leaving, but I could genuinely see Samoa Joe or Swerve leaving as champion in this. I think there's so many interesting possibilities. I definitely think Swerve comes out a full baby face and Adam Page comes out a full heel, though. I think we've had these really fun seeds planted along the way, but uh, Surfer Ryan, Raccoon Ryan, whatever you are over there, uh, who do you think is leaving double or nothing? You're not double or nothing. What am I saying? Revolution. Who do you think is revolving tonight? Who do you think leaves as your world champion? Before we get there, I just want to say something that just depressed the hell out of me. So I'm I'm slowly taking my staying in a match routine, which is by mm -hmm. the end of the match, he barely has any on. Of course. And I was I was focusing on my goatee, and I realized that this white in the center is not. Uh, oh no! Face it's paint. Just age. <laughs> yeah, that's depressing. Um. I have Swerve. I know people, again, Joe is just, it can be Joe without the belt. Uh, Swerve, you got to capitalize when someone is hot. And even now, I still think he's the hottest of the three in that act because you go in the ring and it's who's house, Swerve's house, who's house, like just nonstop. Doesn't matter who, if he's in there with Paige or Samojo, Swerve is getting the, the bigger cheers. Plus, there's a fun story that Paige loses his goddamn mind that Swerve wins the belt. And Maybe Paige takes the pin, so Joe was mad at Paige, and Paige and Joe have a, f a feud. See, now I feel like your all-star scramble match prediction kind of contradicts your prediction here. I think if you have Swerve winning, you got to have Brian Cage win the all-star scramble to set that up, but... That's just me putting my own booking over, to be honest. Joe, what do you think about our world championship picture? Uh, who do you think leaves as champ? Yeah, that kind of logic aside, um, it, I'm going I'm going to Swerve. It's Swerve's house. It's Swerve's time. Uh, the, the triple threat three-way match here as well for you know, him to be able to win without having to pin Joe. Um, I think him pinning Hangman would be... Uh, an interesting way to help keep Joe strong and Joe pissed off. Um, I think the, the difficult reason of why we go back and forth of whether or not, you know, sort of wins or Joe wins is because of the work that Joe has done um, throughout this title reign, this, you know, for lack of better words, transitional title reign, right? Um, mm -hmm. He's made it so believable and just, it just, you don't want him to ever lose the belt, but he's going to have where he wants it. Um, so I, I'm picking Swerve. At the same time, there's that like 5% of me who thought maybe Heyman would win and 
that was set up for an interesting power trip between Heyman and the Buffs if the Buffs won. But sure, I'll stick with Swerve. Mike Peterson says you're you should be picking Joe just because you're of the Joe uh, alliance yeah, there. But Joe, Joe. Samoas, and I'm of Asia. That is true. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Mm. Now, I will say, well, uh, I feel like it's very possible Swerve could lead one on one. I actually agree with Scott George on this booking. If that's not what happens, is that Joe wins, pin, pins Hangman, and Swerve gets a one-on-one match. I think that's a really safe direction to go because they just don't do a lot of triple threats in AEW. Sets up a lot of protection if you want to change hands with the title. But I think Swerve earning his way back to a one-on-one title shot is not a bad direction to go should Samoa Joe retain. But that brings us to the main event and the main event of Ryan's life, really. We got our... World Tag Team Championship Tornado Tag. That makes it sound like I'm about to die. It's the main event of your life so far. Is that better? I'm just saying. Sound like I'm about to die. He's your dude. You said he was your dude, so I'm just saying. Sounded like I was about to die. Am I wrong? I don't know. Maybe you are. I don't know. Tomorrow's not promised. Wow. Pressing. Did that make me sound so menacing and threatening? I'm out meddling you right now. But. Eight EW World Tag Championship Tornado Tag Team Met. Say that ten times fast. No, don't bother. We're just going to talk about staying at Darby Allen versus the Young Bucks. Man, this is another tough one. I'm going to go with the Young Bucks for a few reasons. Uh, in that Players' Tribune article... Darby Allen mentioned how Sting talked about the importance of losing. And I don't think that was pulled to the front by accident. Um, I also feel like there's been an emphasis on people knowing that Sting is getting to go out his way. And I feel like Sting is too old school not to give the Bucks the absolute insane heat that would come with Sting getting pinned. I think there's a lot of possibilities for the elite coming out of this. We haven't seen Kenny Omega in a long time, um, but uh, we do obviously have Hangman in the title picture. So I think there's there's interesting things that you could develop out of this if and when Kenny is ready. Um, but I'm going to go with the Bucks winning here. Uh, but I would not be surprised. And I also, as much as I hate vacating titles, would not be mad about a, a win and a vacating of the titles because this tag division needs to get back on track anyway. Tournaments are a very easy way to do that. Very easy way to do that. But Joe... We're going to let Ryan take us home because Thing is his guy. So he's he's going to close this one out, but I'm going to get your thoughts first on this. Sting and Darby versus the Young Bucks. Do you think uh, we get a Ric Flair double turn in this at, at any point? Do you think we get a, a super kick? I'm sorry, I love you super kick at some point from the Young Bucks in this. Uh, anything that you want to add in addition to your results about what we might get from the actual match? It's tornado tag, so guests could be coming in. What do you think we get out of this match? There's a lot. Um, a part of my childhood, it's ending with Sting because I grew up, you know, watching a lot of his WCW era stuff. Um, sure. Whether it's you were a little stinger. I loved Surfer Sting back in the day. Um, him and Muda, and then him and Luger were like the initial feuds that really got me into him. I'm like, yeah, Stinger, you had Muda with the Mist. It was as like a little Joe, that was amazing. Yeah. Um, so it's been nice to be able to kind of see his career finally have this storybook ending that he deserves. And I think because of he's such a you know pro's pro, he he goes out on his sword. He you now the Bucks through some way, especially with the tornado tag match rules, they they find a way to win. They could you know pin Darby. So maybe Sting didn't have to go take a walk and maybe Darby feels sorry. Uh, you know, Sting consoles him. They have their moment. Uh, but yeah, I think the Bucks win, but I still think, you know, at the end of the day, Sting just the, the round of applause. He gets to, you know, have that moment to close out the show. Yeah. I think the, the fans are smart enough to accept the loss and understand its significance and, and know what it means. But I also get wanting the people of Greensboro to leave on the happiest note possible. So Either way, I think this could go. I'm excited about it. Um, an unbelievable send-off for this guy. It, it makes me really, really happy that he was treated with this much respect. And um, 
I think there was like, they always do tributes well in AEW, but I feel like there's been a tremendous amount of care around this three year run. And that makes me very happy because one of the most universally beloved dudes in this business, um, Ryan, it's your dude. You're back to being Ryan. Now you still, you still look, you almost look like you're hungover. Like girls in college recognize this look. It's like the, I was drunk and I had my eyeliner on and I smushed it because I was too tired to actually wipe it off of my face thing going on. But you're back to Ryan. You made the transformation. You are not the Joker. You are not the Crow. You are not a surfer. You are Ryan of the Mark Order podcast. You are post-match Ryan who can't see anything. You could put your glasses on now. because I'm afraid to get makeup on them. I don't want to get makeup on them. Goop you off. But um, any expectations around this match? Uh, from a booking perspective, but also what you might expect to see as far as any tribute spots or anybody running interference here. What do you think we get out of this? So, first of all, I've been doing a meta play the whole time. It wasn't Sting losing his makeup what? as the match goes on. It was Sting taking off his makeup for the last time. Oh. It was the end. The end of it all. Is- the little Stingers won't be wearing their makeup to, to WCW or AEW anymore. There's Not no a dry eye in the house. Ah, what a meta play on me. And I thought of that about three minutes in because I wanted to get the makeup off. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I got to do something. Um, so clearly I have the Bucks winning. I think Sting is old. He'll go out on his shield, like Joe said. That's that's the Stinger way. Um, I think you're going to get a best of, though. You'll get a Stinger splash. You'll get a Scorpion death drop. You'll get this, uh, you know, you'll get it all. But. Scorpion leg lock. I'm trying to think of other moves he's just. Uh, but th- you'll get them. And then I do think you'll get as someone when I was doing my close up inspection of the chat earlier, and I can't tell you who because I can't remember because I can't look. Someone did pose the the idea that after the match, the Bucks try to beat up Sting and Darby. A couple legends come out, they all make the save. Sting stands tall, and you get a send-off, and that's your happy moment at the end this thing send off for sting so i do think you'll get some send off she'll get a happy moment at the end but he is going to lose because it makes no sense to have them win and then drop the belts it would only put more heat on the, the box they'll be able to say that forever in yeah he'll run i think it, i think it's perfect i think this is this is this is when joe sold me on this a couple weeks ago when sting was about to win the belt i've been bought in the entire time so I think this version of the Bucks is such a fun piece of this because you've had this very sincere and heartfelt relationship between Sting and Darby playing out on screen. It certainly sounds like it it translates backstage as well based on, on Darby's piece in the Players' Tribune. But on the other side of it, you've had this good cop, bad cop, EVP, heel, uh, young Bucks run. And I, I think that balance has been really beautifully worked out. And whatever they decide to do, I think... Um, it's it's been a really cool road, a really cool road for the stinger to end his career on. And um, I mean, who would have thought we get a rafters dissension on dynamite? Like what a what a special and cool thing. But that's the end of our card. I did just also want to bring up uh, and leave room for anybody who has predictions around possible debuts, anything like that, any additional things that we might get out of this. Uh, this is such a loaded card. I, I think um, if anyone, it's not going to be your Okada's or your Mercedes's. I think you might get like Camille or somebody like that. But uh, this this card's so loaded. I feel like a, a debut would get lost in the shuffle with Sting's retirement and all these things. Osprey's in ring debut under the AEW contract signing era, right? Uh, but Joe, do you any other twists and turns that you see like that? Any other debuts or storylines that supersede any of the matches we're talking about here? You know, I I can't really see anything happening other than what you said. The card's so loaded, uh, and with the Sting retirement really being the the main event, the main the main attraction, I don't think you want to take any headlines or detract away from that. So I can't see anything. Yeah, I'm with you there. And I think any of the like special appearances we get will probably be in that Sting match, right? Like they would be in service to that match rather than like, we debuted Camille on this. I don't know how that feels, but Ryan, any thoughts on that? Any other predictions? No, I think it'd be a disservice to anyone debuting. I also think it'd be a waste. You Like a debut is fun on a card that may be a little shaky or needs a moment. 
every single match here is something I'm excited for. There's not one match on this card that I'm like, I'm not excited. Even the, the, the scramble match, like it's going to be a fun match. So I don't see any reason to not to, to debut someone. I think you can do that on a dynamite or somewhere else and, and build up viewership there rather than a pay-per-view though. Again, someone like Camille, I wasn't thinking about because she's, I hate to, you know, in, in fairness to Camille, she's not going to drive a ton to dynamite to watch it but it would make her important to start right off on a pay-per-view as someone like if you want to establish her as important. Um, and that's exactly. not a knock on her. That's more of a knock on where she's coming from. Um, yeah. So, and I, and I, I agree with you on, you on that it, to yourselves. Yeah. It, it would be, that one would make sense. Cause it would put her on a level of the pay-per-view rather than like the other way around. So um, that, that's the only one that I could see, but I'm with you on that. I, th- I feel like anything that we get, uh, in the special appearances thing goes to goes to the stinger for sure. I'm very excited for this pay-per-view. Uh, we do have one pre-taped collision tonight before we get there, but this, this card's pretty loaded. I don't think we're going to be adding too much other than the, uh, I think we have one remaining, right? One remaining match for the, the all-star scramble to determine something or do we not? I can't remember. It might be one tonight. The fact that I don't remember tells you that it's, it's not uh, a huge one on that, but that's our prediction show. Um, we had Ryan, we had Joe, we had Sting, and we had myself running down the card for you. We applaud Ryan and his creative efforts and commitment to bits as always here. But uh, enjoy AEW Revolution, guys. Before we get out of here, I'll let everybody plug their stuff. And, of course, we'll be talking more about the implications of this and this pay-per-view on Wednesday here at the Mark Order Podcast. But all of our socials are run by Ryan at the Mark Order. And before I throw it over to him, I did just want to tell you that Merch Madness is going on right now. 20% off and free that shipping. It sounds like March Madness. It does. I think that was intentional. Believe it or not. Uh, it did technically start uh-huh. in February. but Well, March Madness uh, goes into April, so. It's true. It's true. It's The madness starts in March, but does continue to carry over if you do uh plan on buying anything from pro wrestling tees please consider the mark order in your purchase for that we have four awesome designs for our t-shirts a couple double-sideds uh, it is genuinely one of the better deals that they run because it doesn't just offset shipping you also get free shipping on top of things so um you can use that merch madness discount code so yeah please feel free to pick up a mark order t-shirt in support of the mark order podcast but you can check that out on our social medias that is run by Ryan. Ryan, plug away, would you? Well, when I'm not putting on and removing makeup, I am at all our socials at Mark Order Pod. Uh, I am here every Wednesday at 1015. I am here every Saturday at 8 o'clock, well, 750 to watch Collision for the Collider cast with my good pal, Asian Joe. And okay. then if I'm not doing either of those two things, uh, you can find my history blog at here for uh, here for history.com or on Twitter at underscore here for history. That's what's up. And Joe coming in with a hot take saying Danielson, the clam digger is going to go over today, breaking our hearts. But when you're not breaking our hearts or the hearts of ladies around the world, let's be honest, where can people find you? Sure. Follow me on socials at underscore Asian Joe. Like Ryan said, I'm here Wednesdays and Saturday nights. Um, when I'm not doing that, you can go in my bio on my social and you'll be able to see a link to my serial review blog where I try various uh, novelty serials. That's what's up. You can find me at Miss Kate Fave on social media. You can check out my YouTube channel where I've done This Week in Wrestling. This week was a lot of getting angry about New Japan. Uh, so if you want to be angry about New Japan, you can join me at Miss Kate Fave on YouTube. Uh, we also talked about Wrestlelicious because I just found out what that was. And holy shit, what a trip that was. You can catch me on Fightful as well. Fightful Select on Mondays, reviewing Raw, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays on the main channel over there. Reviewing NXT, ROH, and SmackDown. I'll also be on Fightful Select this weekend, reviewing the very show that we talked about today, AEW Revolution. Behind the Paywall with Alex Pulowski. I'm sure that will be a quiet and short review uh, after what will be a very tame calm pay-per-view so uh, feel free to join us over there but follow the mark order podcast if you would uh, we are very much looking forward to this card i hope that you have a safe and wonderful rest of your wrestling weekend as well have a good one
Wait, no, no, no. This concludes the Mark Order Podcast.